Welcome to the Rehab Rebels podcast. Are you a rehab professional ready to transition to an alternative career? Hear inspiring stories from others just like you and learn the best ways to bridge your career gap. This podcast has you covered. Now here's your host, doctor of physical therapy and podcaster, Tanner Welsh. Our featured guest today is Crystal Sanford, a speech-language pathologist who opened up a consulting business to advocate for children with autism and their parents to help them get the education they deserve. And here is Crystal. Awesome. Yeah, so excited to be here. I'm Crystal Sanford, and I am the owner and director of a small but mighty consulting practice here in San Diego, California. And so the Sanford Autism Advocacy Group is our name. We recently became an LLC, and my focus is to bridge the gap between home and school. And we help to advocate with families for the education that their children deserve and for parents specifically impacted by autism, kiddos with autism who are struggling at school, parents who are uninformed or frustrated or overwhelmed, wanting to get their voice heard in the IEP process. That is what we do in helping them navigate that. Very good. Crystal, what were you doing before you started this consultation business? So previously, I was a speech pathologist. I actually still have my license. I do dabble in that a little bit in providing assessments as one of the other streams of income that I have. But I was a speech pathologist for over 20 years in public schools throughout Southern California. And I primarily, I spent 10 years in middle school, four years in high school, and I, and the rest in elementary. And I really always had a heart for kiddos on the spectrum as they were a growing piece of my caseload. And I primarily helped kids in that area until my first child was born. And after about 18 months, I started to suspect that she might be on the spectrum as well. Oh, it took another 18 months for her to be identified because she's like many kiddos. She's less impacted. She has lesser needs. She's verbal. People, Mm -hmm. oh, she's got eye contact. She looks at us. She can't have autism. Like, yeah, I think she does. Took another 18 months, but she was identified three and a half. And a couple of years later, I decided to open this practice. I just saw the needs that parents had and that weren't being filled, like they say, necessity is the mother of invention, design something that I wish I would have had as an autism parent. Okay. Makes sense for sure. You have a lot of this experience working with schools and children, and then your daughter is on the autism spectrum herself. So that those combined together definitely makes it clear as why you would be pursuing this consulting business. And you, like you said, you, you saw a need for it. And so you just started going down the avenues and figuring out how to create this consultation business. What was that transition like? How did you go from not having a consultation business to creating a consultation business and an online presence? Yeah. So it was a a long journey. Like anybody knows if you are starting a business, it's a lot of long hours and trying to figure things out. I had some previous experience with uh, SCORE, for example, and SCORE is nonprofit run by the Small Business Association, but they're retired executives and there's a SCORE in every city or at least every state. And they provide like low cost, no cost workshops. A quick highlight about SCORE. 
SCORE here. SCORE stands for Service Corps of Retired Executives. And if you haven't heard our second episode with Rob and Haley, go back and check it out. It's got a lot of nuggets of really useful information, especially if you're trying to open up your own health business. They also use SCORE. I have used SCORE in the past as well. And it was just a really wonderful free experience. Very knowledgeable individuals that volunteer their time to help you succeed in your business. I will put a link in the show notes. Now back to Crystal. So I went to a lot of their workshops on just how to get a business started. And this was just general business stuff, but uh, the workshops were great. You know, how to do a business plan, how to social media for your business, all these different pieces. I started taking their classes and I just started doing some research, looking at people who were doing it, looking at other people who were advocates and what were they charging, what were they doing? And so I was piecing together what I was seeing out there as to what I wanted to be. And then also learning some of the business stuff along the way. And I just started one thing at a time, like getting my business name and coming up with that. And I did a lot of free classes at the library and different places, free workshops online, just any way to get my name out there. That's great. A lot of people that are thinking about, a lot of therapists that are thinking about creating their own business I've talked to several that really would like to know before they even start if the business is going to be profitable, like seeing the numbers and seeing if basically in the end, they would be able to make it profitable and make it worth their while. How was that for you and your experience with creating this online consulting business? Yeah, great question. And one, another great resource that I found along the way was the independent clinician. And that's run by a lady named Jenna Carbone, I think is her last name. And she actually has a, she helps people move from being an SLP. And I think now an OT into starting your own private practice in that area. And she has like a calculator of that you can download and use that she's developed. So you can see if I charge this much, how many clients will I need and how much will I generate? For me, I use the luxury of staying on my full-time job. And this was my side hustle. I did that for several years until I was able to generate enough where I realized I could leave and work in my business full-time. So it took me five years to do that. And I just started small. I started keeping track of how much I was bringing in little by little, get my name out there, getting more clients and then projecting, okay, what would it look like if I brought in twice as many clients and whatnot? And then mm-hmm. being able to come to a space where I said, okay, this is enough. This can sustain me. And then I was able to make that transition. So it can happen. I remember talking to a lady <laughs> in my early time and she talked about how she had multiple streams of, of revenue and her day, her week looked like something amazing. Like she saw clients on these three days and she, she taught on these two days and she did this. And I was like, man, I want a week like that. It took five years. Here is where I stand. So I encourage anybody to start small, just do it, just do something in forward movement. And ultimately you'll see some success. That's excellent. Excellent advice, Crystal. Right now, what does your day-to-day life look like or your weeks look like? 
Yeah, thanks. That's a good question. So currently I have actually now three employees. So I have three advocates that work with me. I'm in the process of hiring an an admin person. So there'll be five of us, but we spend probably, let's say 60% of our time, either going to meetings with families and doing advocacy or doing intake meetings with new clients who are looking for our help. I also teach a class once a month through the regional center, which is an entity here in California that provides funding for special needs families. Nice. So I teach a class once a month there where parents can learn like the these IEP 101 um, mm-hmm. that generates income every month, which is nice because of the work that we do when schools are closed, we don't have meetings. Our income is, it dips down in the summer, but I still have the class going, which is great. So I spend time doing that doing the class. And then I also have online courses. So I'm always monitoring how that's bringing in income and just released a new book. That's going to be another stream. So I like to write either writing blogs or social media posts or books, or maybe tweaking my courses. That's another piece of what I like to do. That's awesome. You are busy. You got your hands on a lot of things, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Sometimes I question myself, but this having this new administrative assistant come on is going to be a, just a godsend so that I can keep my focus on the things that I can do and growing the business. Curious, did you decide to go with a, like a virtual administrative assistant or an actual physical in-person assistant? Yeah, so I have had a virtual assistant for a couple of years now, but I have decided at this point to bring on somebody actually, and that person lives in like another state, she lives in Colorado, Um, and she's great. And she's learned a lot, but I've decided to pull in somebody who is actually going to be here, who can actually come into my office and can do some work here because I want to, hopefully my projection is by next year to actually open up a brick and mortar small office. And so I want somebody who can take on more of the administrative tasks and do that in person. Definitely. That's exciting, Crystal. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You said you, the book, you had a book that's out. What's the name of the book? What's it about? Yeah. So the book that we actually just released this week, it's called Sour Lemons and Prickly Pear, Ending Good and Unexpected Places. And it is just a short snippet of my life, the life and times of Crystal Sanford, where I had to overcome some significant obstacles, including cancer throughout this time of autism diagnosis, starting the business. It was a whirlwind. It really was. My goodness. Um, but the book is a book of hope and inspiration for anybody that's in, find themselves in hard times or also maybe second guessing themselves on, on growth or things that they want to do. And so the book is hopefully will inspire you to, to don't take life for granted and don't stay in that space of immobility, but step out and do something because I did it and look where I am now. Definitely. Awesome. A follow-up question I have, you're talking about a online course that you created. How did that come about? Was it, did you start the consultation thing first and get online and then later start the course? What made you decide it? How did you get it together? Talk to me about that. So the online course is basically the online version of the class that I teach to parents every month. Okay. Uh, And so for parents who are not in California and can't access that class through the regional center, I decided to create 
a opportunity for them to access that same content because again, I started small, I did social media and I have a whatever decent presence on Instagram, Facebook, but there's always parents from other states that are like, man, I wish you were in our town. I wish we had those resources. So again, I've always liked to write, even as a little kid, I said to myself, like, let's put this together in a space where I can empower parents in another way. So I started that class and taught it out of my office in my backyard in my house. And and it was long. It was like six hours. Yeah. Two days. And parents came, a few parents came and then parents tell other parents. And somehow somebody in the regional center heard about it and they said, wow, you should try to get vendors so that you can teach that class to our parents. And that's how that evolved. So I had the content. And Mm -hmm. so I said to myself, I do, you know, I follow people. I see stuff. People do online courses. Okay. I want to do one. So let me use this and make an online course. I put together everything handout wise. I had that because I was teaching the class. Mm -hmm. I then had to actually sit and video myself teaching every piece. So that took a few, uh, probably a couple months. I just little by little and made it really digestible chunks. So every video is probably no longer than 10 minutes. So I wrapped that together with the videos, with the handouts and put it together as a course. I, I brought in someone who helped to develop the, like the funnel and the actual page to put it all together in. And I said, okay, let's do it. And let's put it out there as a course. So now the part is just marketing it. And now it sits there. It exists. Anybody that meets me anytime I'm on my show, whatever, I can always point people to that. It's been a nice resource. Excellent. The, did you have any prior uh, training or courses about creating an online course or how did you learn how to create this course and put it all online? I didn't have any training in it per se. Again, I did learn a lot of things through SCORE. Also, just networking with other people and seeing that's what other people, entrepreneurs did. Like they made courses. I bought some of the like free ones or cheapy ones that were just personally beneficial, but I got also to see an example of what a course could look like. And I just decided I could do that. Awesome. Yeah. So it's, it is as much as things look big and like polished and shiny, like it's digestible chunks, little by little, you can do it. I tell anybody you can do it. Just step by step one day at a time, right? Yeah, that's it. And having a business coach too, that has been like really invaluable for me along the way. I met a lady through the course of of being in a networking group and she has been my cheerleader and business coach. And I give her kudos in the book as well. She's just always encouraged me to think big and to, she's even given me when I say, Hey, I got this idea or she'll say, Hey, what have you thought about? And she will bring up ideas. What have you thought about writing Mm -hmm. a book? What have you thought about this or that? And then helping me to see the steps that it could take to get that thing done. If you can get a good business coach, you know, score will offer free business coaching in it or free business mentors. But if you can find a good business coach, I think that's really a good investment along the way. Definitely. We talked previously in episode three with Akota, and she talked about having a life coach has been really influential for her and getting her started on business venture as well. Awesome. Where do you find these business coaches or what have, what has worked for you for networking and trying to find a good business coach match that would be beneficial maybe to some of our audience members who are also looking to find a coach as well? 
So I like, I've done some networking. I don't do a lot of it. It can consume your time. Let me tell you, some of these groups are expensive too. I did do more networking early on just because I was just trying to meet more people. And that, I must say, that's been something that has been helpful in growing my business is that lateral connection to other people that serve the same clients that I do. Okay. So I've met uh, other OTs that have their own business or other speech pathologists or chiropractors. I'll talk to anybody that serves an autism kid. I'm, I want to talk to you, attorneys, anybody. And so sometimes you learn things just that way, what they're doing in their business. And it's not competition because you're not doing the same thing that they do, but you do reach that same client base. So, you know, Definitely. sometimes we've yeah shared results resources that way. But on Facebook, I found some groups that way. Just a couple that were for my, in my case, like women entrepreneur networking groups. I found a couple that way. And this one that met in person, I just, I met somebody through there that knew of a life coach. And I would just say, because honestly, everybody's a coach these days of something. <laughs> it's very true. You're you know, right. I would say just to vet people, see if you make a connection on a human level, and then potentially dive in to see what their what their resources and services are. Talk to other people who can recommend their coach or their coach may recommend somebody else who might be a good fit. That's always nice that way as well. Definitely. What have you realized from this journey? from all the experience you've had as a speech language pathologist to branching out and creating your con own consulting business and an online course, what is like the biggest thing that you've realized from pursuing this and making this happen for yourself? I think one of the biggest things I've realized is that we, as you know, these allied health professionals, we have a lot of value to offer. And so not to be afraid and not to get caught up in that whole like imposter syndrome. Cause I was there on the beginning. Who am I to say, cause my business coach would say, okay, Crystal, so you're going to present yourself and you're going to write yourself as an autism, autism expert. And I'm like, who am I to say I'm an autism <laughs> She's like, well, you're living it every day. You've got a kid with autism. How many clients have you worked with? And not to be afraid of misrepresenting, but knowing that you have value, knowing that you have skills and services that somebody needs. And again, my coach was really always reminding me that Crystal, you're not selling socks or vases. You're providing a resource that parents would pay dearly for because it is to the benefit of helping their child. And so you've got to just walk confidently in that. What you have, people need. People will go find money and pay for it to help their kid. That I had something to offer and that what even in the beginnings feeling like I, I just had a little bit of experience, but just even what I did have was something super valuable and that there was a group out there that needed my help. I think that's something that I've learned. Excellent. Is there anything else that you'd want to cover or discuss that would benefit rebels wanting to break away from a traditional therapy? Yeah, I think just kudos to anybody who's listening because they're on the right track. I was right there working in that nine to five and I always thought in the back of my mind, I wanted to have a private practice of some sort. I thought I would just do like a speech private practice, but mm -hmm. life had a different turn. And I realized I wanted to do something a little bit different, but starting where you are and not being afraid to make mistakes, but go with where your heart is and where your passion is. And that there are parents out there that need your help. There are clients out there that need your help and to just look at and develop some small goals 
and step-by-step, just see your vision come together. So I just would encourage anybody to not give up, not be overwhelmed, just do something and you'll get there. That's awesome. Just set a direction and get started. Yeah. Yeah. Just get started. Even if it's just do some research, take a class, determine what your business name is going to be, have a conversation with the, with somebody else who's doing what you do and just pick their brain. Um, any sure. of that. Yeah. Good, good forward movement. Awesome. Is there any books that have been beneficial for you or that have really helped you along this journey? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. What are they? What do you recommend? Yes, yes. There is one book that I finally finished and it's by a guy. His name is Mike. And I'm probably going to butcher his last name, but it's Mike McCallowitz. And the book mm-hmm. is called Pumpkin Plan. So building a pumpkin plan. Okay. I haven't heard uh, of that one. Yeah. Please. So he wrote that book and he wrote another book called Profit First. Ooh. So I have not finished Profit First, so I'm not going to talk about that one. But (laughs) The Pumpkin Plan, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur is another book he's written. And this guy is amazing at talking about how to start from scratch, how to start from nowhere, a thriving business, because he's done it. He's done it twice, multi-million dollar businesses. And now he just goes around coaching and doing public speaking. Okay. So those, any books by him especially, like I said, the pumpkin plan or the toilet paper entrepreneur, just writing that business plan, those ideas on a piece of paper from scratch and turning it into something big. I'd recommend his books. Definitely. I'll put those, like all the information there that we've talked about in the show notes. So we can have links to the information we're talking about and make it easier for people to get to. Where can people find you online or social media? Yeah. So I am, you'll find our company having a presence on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find our website, which is sdautismhelp.com, like San Diego, autismhelp.com on Instagram and Facebook or Instagram where hashtag Sanford Autism Advocacy and on Facebook or hashtag SD autism and parents can always reach out to us. People who are looking to start business, have questions, want to pick my brain some more, always feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to do a free 30 minute consultation with anybody who wants to talk. Excellent. Thank you for listening to the Rehab Rebels podcast. If this podcast was useful, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. For more information about transitioning to alternative careers, head to RehabRebels.org or follow us on Instagram at Rehab Rebels Podcast. We'll see you next time.